We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop yeah. dancing. Stop yeah. dancing. All right. Jesus Christ. Yo, Tim I don't know why I'm dancing. I'm super sad. Bugging out in his chair just now. Yeah, I don't know what that was. Maybe Christmas season. His birthday's coming up. Who the fuck knows? It is lit. My tree went up today. Yo, fake tree. I, I don't fuck with it at all. All right, yo, listen. It, I, it, yo, I said to him, that's the first thing I said. I'm like, yo, you need to get wreaths for the scent. I need something in something, here. Something, right? Like, I'm garland. Getting, get listen, some garland I, jumping. I, I am getting garland. I already picked it out, and I am getting wreaths. But here's the deal, right? And I, I, growing up, I always, like, I'm, I'm super about tradition when it comes to Christmas. My sister one year was like, we should open up our gifts on Christmas. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nothing's being opened on Christmas Eve. I hate people that do that in midnight. I do. Yo, oh, my midnight. God. I do midnight. I'm like, yo, first of all, it's still Eve. We have to sleep first. Nah, yes, nah, nah. Santa has to come. Nah. You're midnight, you're opening gifts? Bro, when is Santa coming? I could spit so on your right, face. Look, I could look, spit on you, you know, right I, now. You don't have little brothers, right? They're 22 now, so obviously Santa's not coming yet. But when they were young, we used to think Santa was coming. My parents at like 11.55 used to tell us, all right, go to bed. Get in bed. We'd go there. We'd sit down. And my parents would like make padding noises and they'd like ring some bells and they'd put the presents under the tree and be like, oh my God, Santa came. I'm and pretty sure that was Santa, bro. Bro, yeah. your oh, parents yeah, are sure. mad fucking Greek for that. That's yeah. so <laughs> stupid. Why would you do that? Cause little, Just go to bed. Yo, my little brother. What do you do in the morning then? We get up. We have breakfast together. How do you, First of all, how do you go to sleep? Yo, the real, if I'm opening up gifts, I'm oh, wired. The real thing is my mom's a florist. So when you're in the flower business, every holiday is the major Yeah, so wouldn't business Eve, Eve be a bigger day than Christmas itself? No, Christmas... Well, the thing is she goes to work super early on Christmas. Like 7, 8 in the morning, maybe... So, depending on the year, earlier sometimes. So... We can't do Christmas morning because he's at work, so we do midnight. That's awful. 
I, I fuck with it. I, I nah, used to, we used to morning trash. back trash. when I was a kid, and I, my parents would just get mad pissed because I'd, I'd go Yo, and wake them up. We wait, Midnighters I, are the worst kind of oh, people. Disgusting. <laughs> just disgusting, honestly. And and my sister, I remember my family was like, we want to get a fake tree. And I was like, no, that's not happening. And I went and bought the tree myself and brought it back home. And then like I had to be responsible for like watering it and cleaning up all the fucking things. Needles. Yeah. yeah. So with my apartment here... There's like three sets of stairs that you got to get up and just bringing this tree up these stairs would be impossible. All right. First of all, there's two stairs. There's two sets of stairs. No, the the ones on the stoop. Oh, okay. Okay. Those and then there's there. the ones in the hallway and then the ones up it's to New my York, apartment. It's New York though. Everyone has stairs leading up to their door. A lot of walk-ups in Manhattan. Still counts, Everyone. dog. <laughs> that does not count. Still counts, yeah. Oh, that does not no, count. No, but it, 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 I was like, this is going to be like impossible to get a tree up here without ruining the entire hallway. And then also needles everywhere the, if you do that. Yeah, the needles are everywhere. But like the the reason why it really got me and the reason why I let it pass in my mom's house when I was growing up is because when we got dogs, those needles are poisonous to dogs. Mm. They are. So yeah. So if they eat them, then like they could will end up in the fucking. I guess hospital. that's a legitimate excuse. I feel yeah, like my dog. I guess. I remember that like my having my dog. She was more prone to like rolling them because they feel good. You know, it's like back scratcher. Yeah. But. Yo, I'm, I'm with the Christmas. I got a projector that projects onto the brick yes, in my that. living room. It says, let it snow. It's lit. <laughs> I can't wait to walk out because it's like dark now. So I'm Can't lie, out. I was pretty excited walking in here and like had some lights up. A lot of boxes open. Wait till you come here next week, dude. This place is going to be a winter wonderland. I was so close to buying. It was 160 bucks. It was a gigantic bear and its arms moved like this. It had a sand <laughs> hat on. It was like hug- hugging. I was like, I texted my mom. I texted my mom. I was like, yo. Say the word. I will buy it for you. <laughs> I was like, something. Uh, but yeah, gotta love it. Um, hope everyone. Were we on Christmas? Yeah, fuck. I mean, Thanksgiving is past. I'm on it. The second it was right. over, I took my last bite. I was like, what's Yo, the Thanksgiving, uh, phenomenal, by the way. Great dinner. And oh, yeah. I won left, right, center for the first time, I think, in the fourth year. You I had a nice little stash. chunk of change. Hyped. How much yeah. was that? It was like 66 singles. Shit. Was it? It looked yeah, like, like 100 th- something. I'm, we had like 20. Plus people in it. It's like $33 entry. No, it's almost $3 entry. So it's like $66. What is left, right, center? A dice game. Ah. Yo, you're missing out. Huge staple at Thanksgiving in the family. I gotta gotta get on that. My my family needs someone had a gambling adventure. It's only like, yeah, a couple bucks. You could play. I mean, yeah, it's fun. Like you play with quarters or something. 66. You could buy like three. Stack of singles. Three Christmas presents like with that. Like some t-shirts or something. And then, uh, I, just, I, don't I just drank a lot of high alcohol. Al- what, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking alcohol for? Content? Yeah, alcohol content? Yeah, beer. Yo, you guys know how I'm lactose intolerant, right? Now no. I do. You didn't know I'm lactose, lactose intolerant? I talk about it all the time. No, you don't. I feel like I've heard of that before. Yeah. Well, I can't eat milk and milk products. You can't drink milk and milk products. Yeah, yeah. Or eat milk. I ate everything. <laughs> on Thanksgiving, like uh, I had no, and this is the first time I did this since no I went to yeah, since I went to Spain in late August. Yeah, so I've been really on my shit. So if you guys watch the waiver wave this week, you'll notice like, did that kid gain ten pounds? Yes, like, yes, he did. Fatter? What's going on here? <laughs> and uh, I, I fucking that night was horrible. I, I, I was get ready for your ears. If you're eating something, put it down for a second. Everyone out there, blowing shit out of your ass. I was shitting and I threw up while I was shitting. Stop! I swear to you. Wait, why'd you throw up? I, my stomach just couldn't handle all the dairy. Yo, I, I ate like these cream pies. How did you put on ten pounds then? Everything came flying out. 
Well, I don't know. Some of it, some of it stays. Some of it stays. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it stays. Damn, yo, shitting. Throwing up while shitting's rough. That's rough. Would you throw up into? Uh, if you know how my bathroom's like situated, I got I got my bathtub right next to the bathroom. You throw up in the bathtub? Right in the bathtub. <laughs> direct, That's direct amazing. bathtub. Is that where you take showers? That it, of no, no, I take showers. Well, some people you. have bathtubs. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, that's where I take a shower. Yo, that's that's hilarious. I mean, I, I scrubbed it? it afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I live with my girlfriend, so I can't be yeah. like throwing up in the shower. Babe, and be like, please. Yeah, I'll, I'll save that for two days later. Yeah. But back when I was living with my roommates, like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, don't whoever's that. showering next. Like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 just, like, we're just not going to use that, that bathroom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that God. wasn't the worst part of my Sunday. I want to I want to share this with you guys. Oh no, we lost a playoff game, and it was all my fault. Oh, and uh, I, I made, saw you down there. I made yeah. I made a rough decision at the end of the game. We decided to, uh, I decided to hand the team the ball instead and and give them a shot at a hail mary rather than take a safety, even though we're up eight. Oh, you oh, okay? They hit the hail mary and then they converted two points conversion on us and then they won in overtime within four <laughs> plays. There was six seconds left in the game. Stop! I swear to you. Yeah, I've never heard of something like that. It is the worst loss I've ever taken, ever. That sounds like the worst loss Yo, in the world. Straight wait, up Andy Reid style. Wait, wait, wait. Like clock mismanagement to the to the. So you goals. had you had the ball with five seconds left. We had the ball fourth down, five seconds left. Where we were decide, you? We're at our own five. Okay. And in this touch league, I play in the league actually, so right. you, you can what is called offering it instead of punting it. Right. So it's basically a coffin corner. Offer is just you. Give it to them at their own goal line, essentially. So my interpretation of the rules was that the clock does not start on until you on, on a punt until you throw the ball. That is not apparently what the rules are. The rules are they it starts as soon as you snap the ball, right? And we got into a little situation last game where this fair catch rule was told to me incorrectly because another thing about this touch that league, league is a mess. The refs are absolute shit show. Yeah, they are <laughs> the worst refs ever. Like. And I'm just, I'm not just complaining about it because I I play like the rules are just unclear. Oh uh, yeah, so they it, vary rough to rough. It cost us, and we still we listen. We still had, had to give up a hail mary and two point conversion, and we did. Yeah. But damn, I've I could not sleep last night because of it. I'm trying to like. I wouldn't be like super mad at you because you also can't give up a hail mary and a two point conversion. So keep in mind, Tim, you're like the co You make decisions when it comes. I to make these time decisions. management decisions. Yes. Well, so I I am one of two people who makes time management decisions. When when my brother Jason's on the field, I make the calls from the sideline, and I made the call from the sideline. He was on the field at the time. That's I, trash. I can't knock him for that. I I trust my defense. Where I was like, yo, you have to complete a hail mary. A which is odds are so low that you're gonna complete that pass. I and B, you gotta score from another 15 yards out again to tie the game up for a two point conversion. I personally would have done the safety because that just seems like heat yeah. of the moment though. Yeah, but I think like that's that's the the move. It's not really like punt. Like we have the ball. There's five seconds left. Like let's just take the safety. We're up eight. Like kill the clock. Teams do that all the time. Yeah, let's move on. I can't talk about this anymore. But <laughs> see, this is why I like the league. Like instead of the refs and the rules, if you take a safety, even in the NFL, you have to punt the safety. Right, you have punt. to you have to throw it away. Yeah. So you if if you so you, you take, the, take safety, the safety, you still have to you make gotta a play. throw it, and then no, because time no would have expired. No, no, matter. You have to matter. throw it. It's a dead safety. ball play. Yeah. Oh, I see. And if and if they throw it now, there's flipbacks in this league. Laterals. Laterals. And there's no fumbles, so the ball's just dead if it fumbles. So there's like like boss said before, no consequences. And we, I had already saved the game once, like myself, on a diving. Like I just got my tip of my hand on him after a lateral, so I didn't want that to happen again after a safety. And then they go for the one point after the touchdown and win the game. 
So I'm thinking like three steps, four steps ahead when really I should have been thinking of right now. Right now. Yeah. And that's that's always my fucking problem. Man. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, maybe that's yeah. not the right call, but at the end of the day, it's not the worst call you could have made. You could have just went I'm for it. I'm not even stuck on the call. It's just the gut-wrenching loss. Gut-wrenching. Yo, we went from winning with six seconds left by eight to uh, losing within four plays. That had to have all happened within like 10 minutes, it I feel like. Not even. And you had the ball. That's <laughs> terrible, Yep. Dude. Six seconds left. We had the ball. We lost uh, the game. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Well, I'm going to the semifinals next week. Good shit, on my boss. squad. Good shit. Um, anyway, let's move on to boss's favorite uh, college hoop. Yo, college hoop season, <laughs> full effect. A lot of uh, big tournaments. Oh, yeah. This past uh, holiday weekend, the PK80 tournament, which was the Phil Knight, the creator of Nike, mm. was held in Portland in Oregon's backyard pretty much. They were in it, kind of the host, I guess. Uh, a lot of good teams, man. They had two brackets, which was cool. Uh, Duke, Texas, Gonzaga, all these big-name programs in there. Florida, all these Nike-sponsored teams. I feel like I'm leaving out. Like UConn was in there. Uh, SMU was in there. A lot of good programs. And uh, Duke wound up beating, who'd they beat? Florida. Yeah. Florida on their side. By three. Came back from double digits, and they came back two days in a row after beating Texas by double digit, uh, double digit def- deficit the day before. So that was the first time we've seen these big schools tested early. It felt like a March vibe to it. Yo, speaking of um, Duke, real quick, Grayson ahead. Allen, what, how do you feel about him on the next level? Because the, the dude can ball on the college level. Yo, man. I talk with my friends, me, Eric, and my friend Marco have our own group chat on the side. And we're always talking about the Knicks this year, how the Knicks are still a piece away. Like, they're playing good ball, but they can't win on the road, and they're still a piece away. And it would be nice this year. I feel like there's 10 players, like, in the lottery who can help, like, 10 deep. But knowing the Knicks, they'll finish, like, right outside yeah. and just miss the playoff berth or get that eight seed, and they're going to take Grayson Allen. And I don't know. Grayson Allen's okay. I mean, he's not... I mean, he looks. He reminds me of Luke Kennard, who's on Detroit now. And he doesn't play yeah. that much. Like they're the same. They both went to Duke, and they're shooters. Grayson Allen's game is probably more well-rounded, but he's good. I mean, I think he'll be a rotation player in the NBA, but nothing crazy. Okay. Because the, the Duke at ball. When I watch him play, I'm impressed. Yeah, you should watch Marvin Bagley. He went off against Yo, Florida at 30. Yeah, he's averaging 22 and 11. <laughs> Yo, he had For 30 who, points, 15 rebounds in that game. He's also Florida. a younger kid who reclassified late to get in to college this year as a freshman. So he's killing it, and he's showing why he should be possibly the number one overall pick now with Michael Porter Jr. out for the year with that uh, hip issue. And then just to touch on some other teams. I mean, Arizona, the number two team in the country, dropped three straight. Deontay Ayton is averaging 23 and 20 and 12. He's about their only player they have going for them right now. A lot of people say uh, Lonzo Trier. Is good, but yo, I hate that kid's game with a passion. He's such a nut. He's cost them in the past in tournaments, and he shoots too much. Yeah, and he just like dribbles with his head down. They don't really have a true ball handler, and he assumes that role as the, one of the guards. And I don't know. I feel like it's just always in his hands and not moving, and then a shot jacked up. And I mean, they're missing Rolly Rolly Alkins, Christ the King product from New York. Shout out. Yo, he's nice. He broke his foot. He should be back soon. So they'll get better. They're also facing like issues off the court. With the FBI probe and all the money, they were a big. They were big time school listed in that uh, probe. Um, so yeah, Michigan State beat UNC on the other side of the PK80 tournament. Michigan State is rolling. They smoked UNC. UNC lost. They won the chip last year. UNC and right. they lost a ton of talent. Like Justin Jackson left. Um, Joel. 
Nah, Joel's still there. Is he? Joel Barry, yeah. I'm bugging. Um, Kennedy Meeks, I think, graduated. So they're kind of recovering, but they're still a top team. Luke May, the white kid, you know who that is? Yeah. You definitely know who that is. A small forward. Reminds me of you a little bit. Stop. At the park? That's like, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> Luke May. Stop. Swear to God. He's just bigger than you, but you're Luke May. Clearly. Does he that big jumper Does in the he bang threes off the backboard? Nah. Yeah. Yo, first of all, <laughs> relax with that because that's an old Does bang threes fight. not off the backboard. But yo, he stayed. Barry and May shot a combined five or 24. That's why they got smacked by Michigan State. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, Michigan State is holding their own. Yo, They're so unbeaten. I'm looking at the top 25 here. Arizona, three and three. Yeah, they just lost three games in the Bahamas. Yeah, they lost three straight. Like, what is going on with them? They were in the Bahamas. Yo, that's like what I happened. said, this man, is a that team that's ranked two. They're missing Rolly Alkins. Yeah. That probe right hanging over your head. It's always tough when you have off-the-court issues, like, hanging over your head and shit. Or maybe possible, I don't know, sanctions looming. And they're just not playing well. They lost to NC State, who's bottom of the pat, bottom, like, half team in the ACC. SMU, who should be nice. They're, they're a tournament team. In the American, they lost to Purdue, who lost two games too as a ranked team. If you're a college basketball player, if you're a student or a team or you know a program, how much do these early season tournaments uh, kind of like define you going forward? Because you have a team like Arizona, who you think is going to be good, and they're just having like a, a, a rough stretch. But then you got other teams that are in the tournaments and have good showings in those tournaments that might you know gain some momentum yeah. from that. Like how much? How much yeah, does like it really a Duke, matter? for example, who'd yeah. just be like two top ten teams in the span of what three days, two days. I mean, it's it's good in the sense that instead of like rather than playing the tournament, what else would you be doing? You'd be playing squash teams at home. You know what I'm saying? Not really building your resume. Not really. That's true. Or eating seeing, Thanksgiving dinner. You know. Yeah, or that. But like you're not. You wouldn't be doing much to build your resume for March. True. So it's better. To get, you're not getting bad losses for sure. Like all these teams are great teams playing in these tournaments, so there's no really bad losses. And you get to test yourself early in the season, see what you got. You think it fucks with the confidence of a team like Arizona that they can't nah, get any wins in these tournaments? I think Arizona's just like getting their feet underneath them right now. They're trying to find out who they are. Like I said, that Alkins injury is huge. If Parker Jackson Cartwright could play the point, I mean, not turn the ball over, they're huge on turnovers this year. So they got to cut back on the turnovers. They got to find a ball handler. And they just got to make shit happen. They got Deontay Ayton, who's one of the top players in the country. He's going to be a top five pick. And he's killing for them right now. If you see this guy play, yo, watch Arizona basketball. This dude looks like a 30-year-old man playing against college. His build and his height. And he could step out and shoot it. He's the modern-day big man. He's fucking the truth. So I don't think there's going to be problems with Arizona. Plus, Sean Miller's a great coach. And uh, I feel like if anyone is going to handle adversity, like I said, with all that shit off the court, I think it's him. And... They'll be fine, I think, going forward. All right. It reminds me of, remember the Kentucky team of a couple years ago when they lost to UConn in the chip? Mm-hmm. They made the tournament as an A seed, and they wound up in Wichita State's bracket, and they beat them. Wichita State was undefeated. Kentucky was the number one overall team in the country that year. They just had a ton of freshmen and couldn't, didn't put it together early, and they fell to a middle-of-the-pack tournament team, an A seed, and then they wound up figuring it out in the year because they're so talented, kind of like Arizona is this year, and they ran the table and went to the finals. Wound up losing, but still. Yeah. All right. Um, also, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, this Greg Schiano situation in Tennessee. Uh, apparently, Tennessee hired him and then kind of revoked that. They recanted that. All these re-words, whatever the hell you want to say, uh, after there was a massive backlash 
and protests because of him being sort of linked to the Sandusky thing. I still don't really know his involvement in the whole Sandusky situation at Penn State. But he was basically name dropped, right? That's under, under oath. Under oath, someone yeah. name dropped his name, like specifically. He was a, what was he, a 25 year old, pretty much grad assistant. He wasn't a graduate of Penn State, but he was pretty much a grad assistant at that age. He's like just breaking into the coaching business. And unfortunately, what a fucking spot to break in during a wacky time that no one knew about. Except at, one person. Except one person. At least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, people within the program knew about. And apparently he did. His name was dropped. And now, was it years later? How many? 25? I mean, it's fucking, that was in the 90s. About 20, 25 years later. The interesting. It's a reason why he can't get a job. Yeah, the interesting thing is like it's not because the university all of a sudden has this uh, big change of heart where they're all of a sudden this moral compass, right? It's it's the fact that boosters and students and people with interest in Tennessee they protested it, and Tennessee listened. Something they may not have done pre social media era, right? But a lot of people were against it. And for those of you who don't know who Greg Schiano is, Greg Schiano is a former coach of Rutgers. Uh, one game over 500 in his Rutgers career, which but he, for a Rutgers co- coach is good. That team was dead to rights, that program. And he brought them to, I think, a BCS game when they had Ray Rice. And Ray Rice. And the McCourty brothers were there. and The left tackle that ended up being an all-pro all for the I, – I, he, he retired last year. I can't remember his name. I think his name is Smith. I don't know, I'm blanking, but most of New went there. Like, they had big time players there when Shano was there. So he brought a lot of success there. Went on to coach the Bucks after that. Yeah, that, that didn't work out very well. Right. But, you know, different situation. Now he's a coordinator at Ohio State. D coordinator. And, you know, listen, I'm sorry if I offend anybody out here. I'm just going to tell it like it is for a second. He didn't do anything new, right? All the information that you had about this guy was already there before Tennessee said, hey, be our coach. But you have yourself a situation where his last name is Shiano. He's from New York. He's from. A, he's a New Yorker. He talks like us, right? And when you're dealing with a place like Tennessee, Tennessee is about tradition. They're about their, you know, their southern, good old southern boys. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with good old southern boys. You know, shout out to good old southern boys. But <laughs> they like to keep it in the family like that. And I think that a lot of this had to do with the fact that Shiano's not one of those good old boys. That he is a New Yorker. He does talk with a, a New York accent. He does... Um, do things in a different way than a Tennessee coach would otherwise. And there's nothing in his resume that says he doesn't deserve this job. There's nothing new that has come out um, that has, you know, gone one way or another in in terms of the information about this case. The Jerry Sandusky case happened in like 2013, if I'm not mistaken. So this has been a long time. So like, I don't, I really don't understand where the people are coming from that don't support the Shiano decision, despite the fact that Shiano lost a big game to to a Tennessee rival, uh, I, I have I have it in my notes. Give me a second. When I, I'll, I'll find it in a second. But he lost a big game to a Tennessee ri- rival while at Rutgers, and he's kind of just like a New Yorker that doesn't do things the way that you know they do it in Tennessee. I think that had a lot to do with it. I think that if you don't think that it has a lot to do with it, that's you know you're you're choosing to be ignorant. I think, I don't know, Shiano, his name was dropped. He still got a job after that, right? He became a D.C. at at Ohio State. Urban Meyer vouches for him, and even Bill Belichick said he's one of the greatest defensive minds in football. And now this this one name drop, hearsay type thing that, oh, Greg Shiano saw that. 
Right, and for people who's like a lot of people are freaking out. Like they have, I see this picture right now. They've painted a mural. Yeah, it yeah. looks like on campuses. Shiano covered up child rape at Penn State, which we don't even know if that's true. And maybe it and covered up. I don't know. That whole situation is kind of weird to me because I'm, I'm, you know, being honest right now. If someone comes up to you and says like, "Yo," if someone comes up to you and says, "Yo," I saw this person raping a child. That's obviously very serious. But, like, unless you see it with your own eyes, you can't really say any. You know what I mean? That's such a serious thing to say about somebody. Yeah. And you don't know if it's true or not. And being a 25-year-old kid at the time at a brand-new program, it's like, what What do I do right now? I feel like most people would kind of just be like, I don't even want to get involved in that. Like, I don't need, I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's whatever. I don't know this guy. I don't I don't really know these people. I just got here. Like it's just it's a hard situation to and to paint him as like this horrible person who quote unquote covered up child rape. Like I don't know if he did that. I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy. But I'm just saying like on a personal level, uh but it's just weird that it's not like he didn't have a job. Like, now all of a sudden, it's a huge deal. Like, he had a job. Like, no one cared about that. I think it was more the fact that, like, Tennessee, they've, they're like a storied program in a sense. They're a big time SEC school and stuff. And they've been linked to John Gruden for a while, right? John Gruden's been doing ESPN broadcasts for how long? He's probably getting phenomenal money. He's basically the, the new John Madden and all that stuff. So when they missed out on him or he's not coming, per se, it's like, Damn, like, what are we going to get now? And you hear, like, Shiano is your replacement. You're like, eh. But I want to bring this up, right? A couple years ago, Tennessee uh, superstar, right? Best player maybe in Tennessee history, Peyton Manning. Got accused of, what, groping a girl or some shit? Or some assistant? Yeah, something like that. He's still embraced, right? They still welcome him back every time. It's It's, it's, It's like... Two-edged sword, right? Like, and but now Shiano, I and don't know. With Shiano too, like this isn't even like he testified on their oath that he saw something. This is McQuery. Uh, he he was a former assistant coordinator. Testified that Tom Bra- Tom Bradley, excuse me, another assistant coordinator, had told him that Shiano witnessed Sandusky abu- abusing a child. Yeah. So this is not from. This is one person saying that another person Through told the him. Through the grapevine. Now, it's under oath, so you have to take it with that. Serious. Yeah. Right? You have to take it with a serious thing. But to say that this is the reason now that he can't get a job, I think is just... I think it. You, if you're trying to dig up dirt on a guy because you don't want him to be the coach and you find this, it makes sense. Right? You could be used. It could be used. And I get that. But I don't think... I think that's exactly what happened. I think that... This Shiano firing or Shiano releasing is not exactly, we're doing the moral thing, right? Because in this country and in this climate that we live in, a lot of people hide their evil deeds behind morality, right? Or their selfish deeds behind this is the moral thing to do, right? That's just politics. And I think this is what it is. I think it's politics. I think, oh, this guy was, they said his name in the Sandusky trial, so all of a sudden he's guilty. Right. All of a sudden, he's hiding child rapes. It's a serious like allegation. Like that's it something is. that it's unfortunate too because now you got to figure that you know this kind of sets the president for every other school that he could possibly get hired by. Like, oh, if Tennessee is going to call him because I haven't seen anything about Greg Schiano when this was going on. 
when it, when you know the in case. 2013 whenever yeah. it was going on no one was really talking about Greg Sheehan at all it was more like Joe Pa and all these people at Penn State or whatever but no one was mentioning Greg Sheehan and now cuz like you said he was just getting his feet wet he was a 25 yeah, first year and, first gig as a as a coach and he was mentioned in passing and i have to assume that they sort of investigated and and do it he claims I mean, i'm that, sure they investigated and they he claims that those are that that's false that didn't happen uh he didn't know or whatever, and uh, yeah, now it just kind of paints him as this person now moving forward. Like, yeah, I, who's I don't know, hire him yeah, now? who's gonna hire him now? Because now you look like, oh, you're now you're the guy who's hiring this guy who was in the news. Like, you're a bad program now. You know what I mean? That's just not good. But you know, who, who the hell knows at this point? But like you said, it's very interesting that the whole thing with Peyton Manning. So Peyton Manning, what he did was some this woman was examining his like foot injury or whatever. It was like a medical trainer. And yeah. he like mooned his teammate for a second and then pulled his pants back up. And then years later she said that he was a predator or something like that. But you know, that's the world we live in. Nah. Too many Papa John's commercials for Peyton Manning to be unpopular. Yeah. Is he still in Papa John's? I don't know Papa John's. Is, Papa John's is Broadweiser. fucking up. Papa John's is on the fucked up on the outs. Yo, Papa, Papa, you gotta get off Twitter, Twitter, buddy. All I gotta know is they better sell their patent for their garlic sauce to another pizza company because that's the only we thing need I, that. We need that. That's really the only thing I garlic fuck sauce with. slamming. Yeah, we do need that. Um, all right, let's do some recap. Yeah, we, hey guys, week thirteen, three and zero. Oh. Me too, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Bitch. All right, all right. We out here, Joe. Yeah, yeah. We you, out here. You thought you were coming, you know? Nah, boy. <laughs> I'm still in that first. I think I, I, think I went two and one. I'm still. I'm. I, I. Pretty sure I took the Cowboys. I take a half game lead over Boss then for second place. I'm. I'm with that. Okay. We're we're neck and neck, Boss and I. All right. Let's talk about the the Thanksgiving games. First game we have Vikings Lions. The Vikings that are winning that. 30 to 23. Case Keenum still looking good. Bro, that's Case Keenum's job. I mean, I touched on it last week. I always got to answer these questions. Like, it is just Case dead that. Yeah. They're a first place team. They have two losses all year. He's balling out for them. That's his team. Yeah. And that's another big divi- uh, win in the division. And the only real threat to the Vikings this year was the Lions after the injury to Aaron Rodgers. And now you just put them away and pretty much bury them and. Secured the division, so good for them, good for Case Keenum. They're balling. Everson Griffin, balling. The defense is lights Dude, out. if Dalvin Cook mm. was healthy, I think this is a Super Bowl favorite. I don't know. Murray and McKinnon have no, been I, I, fantastic. No, I know that. I know that. I don't think they're nearly as talented as him, but I think them as a two-headed monster is a, is awesome. Yeah. But to ha- Dalvin Cook is just, he could catch the ball, he could run the ball. He's a good. He's a great player. Yeah. And he went down, whatever. And he was balling out before. He, if if he's there, and when he comes out, you have you could put one of these guys out there. I personally think that Latavius Murray probably wouldn't have seen the field. It would have been more McKinnon uh, to give uh, Dalvin Cook a breather. But uh, I love, dude. This team's really fucking good. When you look at it, like I always talk about every week, how I see these offenses, like you know the the Ravens offense, the Cowboys offense. Uh, there's just no playmakers on these teams anymore. You know, I'm just like these. There's no one here. Here you have nothing but playmakers. Case Keenum was the only person on the offense that you were kind of like iffy about. But everyone else, look what we're talking about: Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. These two guys, they play off each other perfectly well. Thunder and lightning. It, it's like one can catch the ball and run. They both can run. Latavius Murray's between the tackles. Adam Thielen is just out of this fucking world. 
has five catches every single game at least, and he's just he's just going crazy. Stephon Diggs, we've seen what happens when he's healthy, and he's an amazing player. Then you have Kyle Rudolph, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. It's like, yo, this team has weapons all over the offense, and they have a legit defense, and they play a lot better at home. This could be one of the teams that we are watching. I think one of the reasons why they're so explosive, I think, is Case Keenum is just so much of a better fit for that system than than anyone else could be. Like Bridgewater and Bradford both have the same MO that they throw short passes. Keenum is the opposite. He's a gunslinger, throw it down the field type of guy, big play type of guy. When you have a type of when you have a guy like that who can sling it down the field to playmakers like that, it opens up the run game. It opens up uh, everything else. Uh, it opens up the tight end. It opens up basically everything that you could do on offense. So I think that um, I think that Case Keenum is the guy for this job. And the, the Teddy Bridgewater stuff needs to stop now. They start that again next year. But Bridgewater wasn't lighting the world on fire, dude. Not you know, even cl- not, when he went down. Dude, so I I, I like Case Keenum. I think he got the sh- he keeps getting the short end of the stick, and he has a fair opportunity to succeed for the first time in his career, and he's he's succeeding. I don't think that Case Keenum has only secured his job for this year, but I think next year as well. He he has not done anything. He hasn't lost you any of these games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, he's been playing well. He's been doing his job. You guys are nine and two. Your team is legit. Like do not fuck this up. You can put Teddy Bridgewater in there. Who throws like twelve touchdowns and eight picks every year? Like, why? And I think you that even, my bad. Oh, yeah, you can even go sit, go on to say he's won you games. Sure, he doesn't want like put that late possession together, but he's put you up ahead early. Yeah, and like locked up a game early. And you can say this is his first real shot because in Houston, he he wasn't surrounded by anyone who could make a play, especially on the offensive line, except for Hopkins. You got right. one weapon. Right, and then you go to L.A. and that offense was a piece of shit. You saw yeah, that St. Louis too, like St. Louis before L.A. last year. St. Louis, yeah, same team, Saints, but yeah, they were in the Saints. Rams. Yeah, right. That offense and that coach was fucking ridiculously disgusting. So, yo, good for him. I'm a Keith Keenum guy ever since watching him on, on uh, what do you call Hard Knocks two years ago. Uh, I'm all about Case Keenum. Good for you, Case. I like the, the Vikings moving forward. And the Lions, yeah, the Lions are. Uh, Still in it, six and five. The Lions are a, the type of team that is going to beat bad teams, play mediocre teams close, and lose to good teams. The Viking, the Vikings, the Lions have always been a team to me that I ne- like. I haven't taken the Lions serious. I can't even remember when. Even when they had the greatest receiver in the league in Megatron, it still just felt like they were just missing something. They're like just okay. They're just you know they're just the middle, the run of the mill team. They're not terrible. But they're not great. They're just, you know, they are what they are. And I just, you know, I haven't seen anything. Comes along with Tim's here, word of culture. It's culture, but it's also, I think, lack of talent. Like, there's no real huge running game they have back there. They need a They haven't had a 100-yard rusher. Them and the Colts haven't had, like, 100-yard rushers in a crazy amount of games. I, I don't know the specific number off top. Yeah, but there's just no one there. Like, you know, Amir Abdul and Theo Riddick, I feel like these are two guys that shouldn't be in the same backfield. They should be on different teams. Like, it, to have them both there just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, you need, a, like, a, a legit rusher, a bruiser maybe, or something. I don't know. You need a good running back. You know, whatever. But anyway... Also, uh, next game we have here is the Chargers, who beat up on the Cowboys 28-6. to Saw this coming from a mile away, because like I said, the team is garbage. Uh, Dak Prescott, what's going on, bud? As soon as I said I'm a fan, 
<laughs> yeah, you gave him the jinx, bro. I, I I will say that. I think Dak Prescott is not to blame for this. I, he's been getting a lot of the blame. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that the Cowboys can't convert third downs anymore. And when you look at how this team is built, this team is built to control the ball. They're built around Ezekiel Elliott in the running game, and they're built to control the time of possession, which they did at the best rate in the league last year. This defense is also built not to be on the field for 35 minutes. They're built to be on the field for 25 minutes. And that extra 10 minutes is a huge disparity. Uh, the problem is third down. The problem is if you're Dak, right, and all of a sudden Zeke's gone and you're looking around, who's your go-to playmaker on third down? Is it Des Bryant who can't get separation anymore? Is it Terrence Williams who was never an elite receiver? Is it Cole Beasley who's having a terrible season? Is it Alfred Morris out of the backfield? You, you're, there's no playmakers. And like you said, the exact opposite of the Viking situation. Like, you look around, and there's playmakers everywhere. The Cowboys, there's no playmakers, and you can only ask Dak to do so much. And on the other side, you see a bunch of playmakers with the, with the Chargers and a, and a very good defense. Like, the Chargers are everyone's favorite team to come back. I'm, I still believe in that losing culture, so I'm not on that bandwagon quite yet. But there's not even, like, a gadget player on the The Cowboys' Cowboys. offense is just – it's just – Jason Witten. It's just – Jason, yeah, Jason like, Witten 35. And, and Des Bryant are just like, first of all, Jason Witten's never been fast. I still have no idea how that guy catches balls in the NFL <laughs> to this day. I have no idea. And he, and he like went off in the skin. He had seven catches, 44 yards. Not off, but you know what I mean. But they must be just not guarding this guy I mean, because I think he's so slow. To back to Dak, like, it's more has, it has to do more with the loss of Zeke. Like, sure, people are saying, you know, Rod Smith had what? 41 yards on nine carries. Those are a solid line, like four yards plus per carry. But they're seeing different coverages now on defense. Yeah. The box is no longer stacked. You're no longer getting one-on-ones on the outside. And there's more people out, you know, dropping into coverage now for Dak, right, who has to throw the ball now. When he does, he's seen a lot more people in the secondary. And it's tough for him to see coverages he's never seen before in his brief career, a year and a half in. So Zeke is definitely an X factor in more ways than one. And then you look at the Chargers – Look at the Chargers. You also look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost, right, to the Bills at home. So we're talk about terrible losses. That's a mm-hmm. fucking god-awful loss. And you pick up a game again two weeks in a row. So the Chargers are right back in the thick of things for the division. And there's, I don't know, I think they're right there. Keenan Allen, 200 yards, 172 yards. Dude, the last two weeks, dude's been a monster. And Phil Rivers been. is just throwing his way like he did the year, you know, two years prior and all that. That was his go-to guy. And they're starting to build that rapport again late into the season. And who knows? They might catch fire. They can win the division with ease. It's wide open. I think the key to the Chargers is that defense. I think with Ingram and Bosa uh, getting after the quarterback, yeah, you can see that's that huge, the, dude. the secondary is just taking a giant step up. And these are good players in the secondary, Casey Hayward and, and, that, and that bunch. These are good players. So when you're giving them less time to cover and they have the opportunity to get turnovers like they did against Dallas, you see what happens. They, they, they can swarm. They can be aggressive. They can make instinctual plays, and Bosa and Ingram allow them to do that. So, yeah, the Chargers are the Chargers could be for real. They just have to they have to be able to close out games that we still haven't seen them close out a come from behind victory. We haven't seen that in years. And if you are a Super Bowl team or a playoff team, you need to close out come from behind victories. So I am not sold on the Chargers until I see that. Yeah, and I'm I'm off the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, way off. I mean, I don't know. The Chargers look good, man. They didn't have to come from behind and shellack the Bills, put in a 50 spot, and shellack the Cowboys, holding them to six points. I'll be shocked if the if the Cowboys so, are able to put up 17 points on anybody. 
Anyone. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I would be shocked. I would, be sh- I would be legitimately shocked. Mm. There's no one good. You sound like a Giants fan. No, but I'm serious. But I'm like, <laughs> a, a real, like, dude, our team is terrible too, but there's playmakers on the offense. Like, There's Evan Ingram. There's Sterling Shepard. Orleans Darkwell is not that bad. None of these players are good. Who's good? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, like, I can't argue with that. There's just no one who's ex- there's no explosive person on this fucking thing. There's no one that could you feel like this guy could break one. You know what I mean? There's a couple of players like that on the Giants, and their offense is fucking terrible right now. But there's a couple guys at least that have the potential to do that. These guys, even if you catch it in open space, you're gonna catch up to them, tackle them. You know what I mean? There's just no explosive, uh, ex- expo- uh, whatever it is, explosives. I don't know, <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, Chargers get the Browns there. next week too, so. Yeah. They're primed for a possible run. Uh, and the final game, we just picked up on. Oh, we just talked about it. The Giants and the Redskins. Redskins ended up beating them 20-10. to 10. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you learned much about either team in this game. Uh, the, no. the Redskins were who they were. You know who you do learn about? Samaje. So, listen, he's been a great pickup for my fantasy squad. I'm all about Samaje P. Ryan. You would have had him on your team if you listened to the Waiver Wave, Cheap Pluck. But... <laughs> I love. He's been playing really well. Uh, it's good to see. He he had a really slow first half. He had three carries, five yards, I believe, and then really picked it up in the second half. Ended up getting his second straight game over 100 yards. He's the lone star in that backfield, so he's going to need to be Chris Thompson and Rob Kelly combined. And Chris Thompson and Rob Kelly gave a lot of the percentage of that offense. Like, if you look at the wide receivers on that team, they're not producing. And JMO is now the Terrell Prizeman. Oh yeah, on IR. I mean, he's been he's been. Yeah, okay. Jameson Crowder is a different story. Pryor I, I think. Uh, also, I think that the the loss of Thompson benefits Pryor because he's now getting those, Crowder. I'm Crowder because now he's now getting those like short to intermediate routes that he was getting last year. But true, I think that uh, when you're looking at overall the wide receiving weapons, uh, Doxon had a touchdown that kind of saved his day, and you're not looking at anything special. From those, what Ryan Grant, you're not really looking at anything special there. So, uh, a lot of that damage has to be done with the running back, and there's only so much Kirk Cousins could do. So, P. Ryan's going to have to step up, but I mean, the Giants are headed for a top pick, and uh, the Redskins. The Redskins need to win games like this to stay alive, and they're still alive. It's just it's going to be really hard to to make the playoffs in that AFC, I, 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 NFC. I feel like if they were in the AFC, though, they they would have a good yeah. shot. They're one of the better teams in the AFC if they were there. For sure, yeah, it's tough with the three NFC South teams. So, eight, two, eight, and three teams at one, seven, and four. Or mm-hmm. one eight and three. The Saints are eight and three, and the Falcons are seven and four, and the Panthers are eight and three. Yeah, that's so. going to be a tough cookie to crack. Uh, next game, the Bengals beat the Browns thirty to sixteen. Whoop de fucking do! I was at this game. Next, fuck, fuck the game. But I want yo shout out Joe Mixon. Hugh Jackson went to say hi to AJ McCarron, and then introduced AJ McCarron to the Browns owner. What's good with that? That's weird. That's that's got to be illegal somehow. And remember that the Browns fucked up the trade for AJ McCarron at the deadline because they're yeah. too busy celebrating. They didn't send it in. I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't one. know. I don't, I don't know. About know. This. Someone's fishy here. Tam, uh, you know, it would be right up Hugh Jackson's alley to to do that. Deshaun Kaiser played a good game though. Shout out to Deshaun. Yeah, we'll see how that goes moving forward. Uh, next game we have the Panthers beating the Jets, thirty-five. To twenty seven. Oh my god! Talk about a game just given away. Yo, in a in a year with a weak AFC, and when the Jets avoided freaking late collapses and turnovers went ahead, they could be seven and four right now. Instead, they're looking at four and seven, and their season's over. And you threw away another game in the fourth quarter with a McCown fumble. K 
carelessness or who knows what the hell he was trying to do. Like, dude, just take the sack. You're up. You know, I think it was 23-17 or something at the time or 23-21 or 20. I don't know, whatever it was. It was within a touchdown. Yeah, they were up a field goal or four points. I think it was 25-20, if I'm not mistaken, or 25-21. I'm not too sure, but they were no. up. Yeah. In the case, late in the fourth quarter, mid to late fourth quarter. And he gets drilled, and Luke Keekley takes it to the house. Like, dude, take the sack. Live to see another play. A punt is fine in that situation. Instead, the Jets collapse again, drop another game, and they're out of playoff contention. Right back in the tank of things. What one thing that it is good is in the AFC, you're never out of playoff contention this year. Um, it'll be hard. I mean, can you not see a, maybe a seven and nine team making this playoffs in the AFC? Possibly, it could happen. Um, I'm not thinking it could happen. I think nine and seven is probably going to be the, the way to go, but it could happen. And I mean, on the Jets side, you can't be as talented as the Jets are or lack thereof, you know, or and be second in the league in in penalty yards. Can't do that's it. An, oh. That's how you lose. So a lot of that is going to go on Todd Bowles. A lot of people are really on the Todd Bowles bandwagon this year after he took a team that everyone was making fun of and actually made them respectable. Um, you need to get your shit together, guys. Um, well, let's stop talking about a team that's not going to contend. Let's talk about a team that is going to contend. Cam Newton needs to be more efficient, and he needs to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. And I am one of the Cam Newton supporters. I'm a truther, as they call us, um, about Cam Newton. I'm all about the Cam Newton bandwagon, but you can't come out and play like that. You can't. Uh, he was wildly inaccurate. Uh, he gave a team life that had no business having life. Um, if you watch the game, you could see that the Panthers were in control of that game for the most part, except when Cam was in control. Except when Cam had the ball, because it was constant, constant incomplete passes, incomplete passes, incomplete passes, and he just—I don't know—he doesn't want to take responsibility for it. And if if I'm a Carolina's Panthers fan, I'm really worried here because I saw the Cam that there was in 2015, and it just seems to be a, a shadow. Um, and it seems to be because he doesn't care as much. And this was definitely a trap game for them, and they escaped it because Luke Kuechly made a big play, but. Listen, if you you got the Saints in your division, you got the Falcons, who I'm not sold on. We'll get to the Falcons in a little bit. But if if you plan on making some noise, you're going to have to be consistent at the quarterback position, Cam. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, he only completed 11 passes, 12 targets to Funches, and uh, only two catches to McCaffrey, one to Dixon, one to Olsen. That's it for the day. And for now, the Panthers are going forward 8-3, but you lose Olsen again. Right? He aggravated that foot injury, so who knows? What his deal is going forward, whether it's a week-to-week issue or a day-to-day issue, could be small, could be big. But he missed the rest of the game. He sat out with discomfort in that broken, surgically repaired foot. And uh, that's arguably his go-to guy, especially with Benjamin gone now. It's his, that's his man between the, between the hashes. On the positive note, though, the, their corners look good, which is good. Although Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a real speed demon, like an actual one. Imagine if... Deshaun Jackson light. A little bit, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if, it, like if Deshaun Jackson um, had dreads. Uh, next game, Titans beat the Colts 20-16. to 16. Titans are not impressive. I don't know how they keep winning. Um, I don't know why they keep handing the ball to DeMarco Murray. Uh, Derrick Henry is obviously the better running back in that backfield. DeMarco Murray, 12 rushes, 9 yards. Yeah. and uh, Can we get Derrick Henry's line? 13 for 79. Mm. And that was on a game-clinching drive. They were down, and Derrick Henry absolutely carried them to the goal line 
And then Murray got the touchdown, of course, because, you know, I started Derrick Henry in fantasy, so why would he get the touchdown? <laughs> so, like, you, you look at that and you, you're just wondering to yourself, Marcus Mariona throws another two picks, if I'm not mistaken. He had two picks. So, he throws another two picks. That's, that's, again, they have trouble scoring in the red zone. Again, they can't put away a team in the Colts that has sucked, has been the worst defense in the league. Again, they can't run the ball. Again, again, again. And this, it's the same problems over and over again for this team. And there has to be a point, even though they're coming away with W's, where you have to say, like, how real is this team really? Because this is one of the teams that you look at their, their box scores and you're like, how the fuck are they winning? And they're getting lucky because that ASC South, you got the Jaguars who are leading it and they could still lose to a team like the Cardinals, like we're going to talk about in a little bit. So, <sighs> frustrating. Um. All right, moving forward, we have the Falcons, 34 bucks, 20. Can I, can I start this one? I know I just talked for a while. Sorry for, for those of you who are tired of my voice. It's still coming. Um, everyone is taking away from this game. Every single thing I've listened or read is the Falcons are back. They finally figured out this offense. Right, and all of everyone's on the field. No, I didn't see that. What I saw is a team that needed a ridiculous game from their best player, and uh, and to be facing a team that couldn't take advantage to win. They were up by less than a touchdown when uh, Taron Ward fumbled the ball away, and the Bucks had possession, down one possession late in the fourth quarter. The only reason. Why they didn't put that game away? The only reason why I'm sorry why they didn't tie that game is because the Bucks suck. <laughs> they had the opportunity. They had an opportunity, a golden one, in a good spot on the field, and they could not convert. And the Falcons took advantage of that. But a lot of people are going to see a two-touchdown victory. It was not. It was the Bucks had a chance to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. And we're talking about here, we're talking about the Bucks, and we're talking about them at home. I understand it's a division game, but this is a team that has not put up a fight They've beaten only the lowest of lows in the league. They haven't put up a fight all year. They have a backup quarterback playing. If you're the Falcons and you want to be a real contender, you got to beat that team. You got to beat them convincingly. And to me, that was not a convincing victory. That was not a victory where I'm like, oh, yeah, the Falcons are back. No, I don't see that at all. I don't know. I was kind of convinced. They were up 27-6 midway through the third quarter. Sure, they gave a couple of scores late to make it interesting. And then, like you said, the Ward fumble. Gave them the ball with a chance to tie the game. But, I mean, they did it in every facet of the game on offense. Matt Ryan threw for 300-plus yards. You had Sanu with the trickery chipping in on a touchdown pass. Julio went off, finally. Julio Jones, welcome to the 2017 NFL football season. For real. Um, and then you got Tevin Coleman filling in admirably for the loss of Devontae Freeman. 97 yards on 19 carries. You know, two touchdowns on the ground. One late to seal it, like Tim said, after they almost – Gave it away, but uh, I don't know. I'm convinced about the Falcons. They're they're strung together some W's now. They're seven and four, right there in the thick of things. Like I said, like I said, the past couple weeks they still got to play the Saints twice, and uh, shit, two eight and two teams, and then they're right there on the cusp at seven and four. So I mean, I'm I'm convinced about the Falcons. I think they're here to stay. I think they're gonna make a playoff push. I think they'll make a playoff push too. I think their team is good enough. Their offense has a lot of weapons, even without um, Freeman, but. Granted, yes, the, the Bucks' defense is also terrible. So, you know, Matt Ryan, see. and I, I know he's been playing. Well, like 
Julio Jones, I mean, I know you're, you're making a joke, a joke like, yo, welcome to the season. Like, I mean, he's having a, a decent season, but, I mean, we're holding him to Julio Jones standards. But Matt Ryan, take a page out of most of the news book, okay? Just fucking <laughs> Let him go throw up that shit. Fling that shit. Just throw, it's the best receiver in the game. Ah. Timeout. Antonio Brown has a big problem. With all right. He's the most complete, I, I would say. That's another thing I've heard all year. This is just reminding you that Julio Jones, the best receiver in the He's game. He's the most complete wide receiver in the league. He is. Antonio Brown has something to say about that. Sure. And I, I would even argue Odell as well. Odell too. When he's healthy. They have, they're better like stats-wise, but as a, a complete wide receiver, I feel like he's, you know, he can... Go up and get balls and gotta, shit. Like, gotta get him in the end zone. That was only what his third time in the end zone this year. So. Yeah, this is third. He had two of that game. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the Patriots. Uh, Thirty-five Dolphins. Seventeen. Uh, Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Deion Lewis had a big game. Fifteen rushes, hundred twelve yards, averaging seven and a half. Jesus Christ! My favorite part of this game was the post game. Watching Gronk. Did you guys see that? No. They interviewed Gronk. Uh, Cooks, I think. Was that the Cooks touchdown? Yeah. Where he jumped on, Cook, so. Cooks jumped on his back and rode him like a horse. And was like slapping him on the ass. And he was like getting up. And they went to the sidelines. And uh, they got in trouble for it. Because <laughs> Belichick's thing is no touchdown celebrations. Yeah. So they asked Gronk in the interview. Like, what, you know, what was that about, that celebration? He's like, I want to talk about it. But I was told not to talk about it. But I really want to talk about it, <laughs> but I'm not gonna do it because I. He's like, I got respect for coaches, but man, that was that was fun. It's like, it like we're not scripted. supposed to do that. Yeah. It wasn't scripted. We'll leave it at that. It wasn't scripted. Oh god! Can you yeah. imagine Gronk breaking down, like ass slaps? I can. Yeah. yeah. So first he got my left cheek, and I was like, yeah. And then he got my right cheek, and I'm Gronk like, yeah. would be so into that. <laughs> but that shows you how much like respect I feel like they have for. Bill Belichick. You have to, dude. Or someone like Gronk wouldn't talk about it. Belichick's your, your got the biggest personality on the team. Dude, it's all... I, I if think Gronk's it's, not breaking like silence or breaking code like that, that, shout, that locker room is tight-knit and yeah, together. Yeah, shout out to Gronk, too. Yo, you have Belichick, Belichick, who's proven, and then you have the greatest of all time, who both don't take shit. Yeah, so it's like, yo, you're not going to... You want to win? You want to stay? You fucking, you know... Everyone would die to be on this team. So whatever. Like Gronk was dying to answer that question. Gronk had a big game, uh, eighty-two yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Cooks to Rex Burkhead's. I feel like he's seen an uptick. They're giving him, uh, you know, more and more possessions every single game. Yeah, it, uh, for those fantasy players out there, classic Patriots. Where to begin the year, it was Mike Gillisley and James White, three touchdowns and, week one, <laughs> and now it's Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis. Yeah, just for so. Yeah. there you go. The worst. Patriots. Um, no, try and figure it out. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Can. Can. Uh, Eagles beat the shit out of the Bears. Do you want to talk about this? I mean, the Eagles are taking care of business and doing what they have Eagles are. That's you know, the, that Bears squad is is a squad that's been impressive lately. They've been ha- putting some together some good losses. I know there's no such thing as good losses, but competitive losses. Dude, this Eagles team is for real. They Carson are. Wentz is the real deal. He really is, and it sucks. To it was interesting to see Jay Jai not really get that many touches though. And the one he did, he broke out and he fumbled at the goal line. Yeah. Which they ultimately scored on the Aguilar pick. I mean, dude, there's Oh man, don't get me started. I was playing Aguilar in fantasy and I lost by two. Six gifted points. There's too many uh there's too too much talent. Too many people in that backfield. It's kind of like whoever's gonna be hot, right? The hot hand and LeGarrette Blunt, he was getting it done, averaging six and a half, so why not? You know, whatever works. They were up to. There's no reason to. Anything start. is working for them, right? Anything and everything. Everything, is yeah, exactly. 
Um, next, we got the Bills. We just talked about this before. How is this a bad loss for the Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs lose to the Bills at home 16-10. to 10. Yo, do you remember? I think we were sitting here. I think it might have been me or Nick. We were starting to talk up the Alex Smith MVP train. Were we? I was. Me or Nick. It might have been me. I'll take credit for it. I think I was. It's like, dude, get this guy's borderline unplayable right now. I mean, Pat Mahomes is sitting. Use the first round pick on him. In a in a, the age of yo, we need someone out there. Like we drafted this guy in the first round, get him out there. I feel like Pat Mahomes might be showing up very shortly with the Chiefs playoffs dwindling before their eyes. I think that the problem with the Chiefs is not Alex Smith. Kareem Hunt. I think it's it's the offensive line. I think that's what it is. Kareem Hunt, 11 carries for 17 yards. And if you look at all the metrics, Kareem Hunt was by far leading the league in yards after first contact as 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 soon as two weeks ago. How about yards f- from scrimmage? He had like 200-something in the first game. He had like five straight 100 yards from scrimmage games to start his career. It was like a record. And now... Nothing. I think a lot of that was Kareem Hunt done, but there's also like there's only so much you can do. And uh, Alex Smith is getting a lot of the blame, but I think they're misusing Alex Smith. And there's if you look at Alex Smith's numbers from weeks one to five, instead of and, and co- contrast that from weeks six to twelve, you could see that the the uh, how could I how could I say this the the notions that people are having in the public like the the standard thinking. It's not exactly right because people are like, well, they're asking Alex Smith to go to go deep, and he's not really a deep thrower. Well, Alex Smith was second in pass rating on deep balls weeks one through five, and he's fourth in pass rating on deep balls weeks 12 through 16. So what is it? His passer rating under pressure. In the first five weeks under pressure, he had a 135.7 passer rating. Now he has a 46.3. That's 24th in the league. That shows you that giant drastic dump off is because he's not getting protected. Um, another thing that the running game does is it opens up the play action. The Chiefs are a gadget offense. It's what they do. They need play action. They need to make people fall for misdirections. Alex Smith's passer rating the first five weeks on play action, 130.1, which is remarkably high. And second overall in the league. His passer rating on play action since then, 28th at 73.9 so you could see that when this offensive line struggles to get the run game going that has far-reaching effects on the entire offense because of the way that Andy Reid plays and if they can't get that run game going if they can't address those offensive line issues it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a long year going forward whether you have Alex Smith behind center or whether you have Pat Mahomes behind center, who I don't think is ready yet. Obviously, I haven't seen him throw since college, but he was in a very up-tempo shotgun offense in Texas Tech, and he's gonna he's going to be asked to be in a very professional misdirection timing offense, and it's just not his time yet. And so I, I don't think Pat Mahomes is the answer. I think that the it's answer also super late to make a change. I feel like especially because you're I still mean, in you first place. Inject life into your team. You've won one game in the past what? Six weeks. It's tough to do that though, especially with a rookie guy. And let's not also forget that the Chiefs were one and five before they went on this ridiculous like twelve and one run that they were on before. Last year. Yeah. yeah. So they've they've gone into these lulls where Andy Andy Reid just has to figure it out. So I don't think you're going to be seeing a quarterback change there. Although I do think that's going to be a more of a hot button topic in the media um, in the coming weeks if Alex Smith, regardless of offensive line play, regardless of of the the running game. 
you're the quarterback, you're in the spotlight. If he can't get it together, then maybe they go to Mahomes, even if it's not the smartest idea. Um, all right, now we got the Seahawks beating the 49ers 24-13. Jimmy Grapple siding. Yo, tell me he doesn't look exactly like Tom Brady when he's standing in the pocket and rolling out. Dude looks exactly like Tom Brady. His entire, like, stance, Posture. his entire, like, the way he stays on <laughs> his toes. Yeah, the, like, his, the way he throws the ball. Dude looks like Tom Brady. That's just crazy. Like, I was like, what the fuck? It's been learning from him. Nuts. Nuts. Taking notes. That's why I like Brian Hoyer so much. Oh my I'm the only God. one. Though. <laughs> you are the only one. Trust me. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about this game, honestly. But Seahawks kind of ran the ball a little bit. Maybe Lacey, tiny bit. He had like 50 yards. I think that's more than a than a Seattle player besides Russell Wilson has had in a, since uh, the rookie went down. I forget, I forget his name now. The rookie Alex. Um, forget his name. Collins. Alex, no, no. no, Alex, Alex Collins. Collins. What, what was his name? Who are we talking about? The the rookie running back that started the season for the Seahawks. Carson. Chris Carson. Chris Carson. Oh, wow. What the fuck? Oh, I said Aaron Collins. Alex Who? Collins was, Alex was Collins. on the team last year, yeah, though. He's yeah, on Baltimore now. So. Um, where the fuck was I going? Here we go. Uh, Raiders beating the Broncos 21-14. Yo, the Bron- Scrap? The highlight of that game. The Broncos. Kim Tlaib is a bitch. Yo, hold on, real quick. I got Michael Crabtree on my team. You couldn't have this fight in like the fourth quarter, dog. So <laughs> now you your chain snatch. That fight's happening. Yo, yo, he said I, I was gonna snatch that chain in the in the post game. He's like, if I saw him wear that chain again, I told him I was gonna snatch it. Yo, if you're gonna go and snatch someone's chain, I don't know how many people listening to this are from like a, a hoodie area. You know what I mean? Like we're from a. I wouldn't say we're from the hood, but we're hooded, Jason. Right, we're we went to high school. Hood adjacent. <laughs> we went to high school in the hood. What's the fuck is we playing over there? Got some, we got some commercials got going the over beats there. Beats going. <laughs> so, uh, if someone snatches your chain, it's a wrap. Yeah, like that's a that's fighting. That's like, an no obvious wrap. No one's allowed to snatch your chain. No words need to be said after. It's kind of like it's on. Someone spit in your face. And he took the chain off and kept his helmet on. Fuck that! You're a bitch. I'm talking straight to you, a kid. You're a bitch. Nah. And listen, if I saw you in real life, you'd fuck me up, one hundred percent. But I'd be rich afterwards, so come on, fuck me up. Dang, come, you sound like that kid with the Donald <laughs> Penn shit. <laughs> listen, I gotta tell it like it is. That was a bitch made listen, ass move. No, 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 listen, listen. If you're if you play football, obviously we've talked about this before. The first thing you're told when there's a fight is leave your helmet on. Um, not like, when the other guy has his helmet off and you ripped it off and you started the fight. Like yo, there's there's a difference. If someone tries to punch you in the face, keep your helmet on. But if you're gonna start the fight and rip yo, the it chain, looked like when they were when they like spattered into the end zone and they like he threw they both like threw punches. It looked like he gouged his like his eye. Crabtree did to to leave because he had his helmet on. That's so what like, I would do. What else can you physically do to touch someone with their helmet on in their face? You can only reach through their fucking face mask. That was but a yeah. legit like that was good squared scrap. up. That was yeah. a good scrap. That was cool. Yeah, it was and a decent game. And everyone, it's funny because this is why this is why the world needs VM people. Because every every uh, post game show that I was watching, everything was like, you know, this, this, is, this preposterous. is no this is no good for the sport. And the, uh, the, uh, no, no, fuck that. Fight each other. <laughs> uh, next game, we have the Rams twenty six, Saints twenty. R.I.P. If these teams win nah, streak, nah, oh, win yeah, streak, the win streak. streak. Yeah, okay, okay. Not R.I.P. There's a team. The nah, team's nah, still out nah, here. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Big win for the Rams, man. Big uh, big day for Alvin. Oh, Alvin! Alvin's the truth. He is the truth, man. He Alvin is, is, he is the truth. 
legit on both sides of the ball. Not for nothing. Just both sides of the ball. What the hell am I saying? I meant like rushing and catching. I, I said he was going to be the sleeper this year's Great draft. defender. <laughs> I said he was going to be the sleeper this draft. Come fuck with me. But um, when you're looking at this team, I think that the Saints really missed their DBs. I think Crowley and, I mean, and yeah, Lattimore were, yeah, were really missed. Sorely, sorely missed. And uh, I think it would have been a different game with it. But you got to like this Rams D. Ever since Aaron Donald came back, this has been a completely different defense. And... Seeing like how they were able to control the game, even with Drew Brees and the weapons that he has, was really awe-inspiring. Like you, I, I never felt comfortable watching Drew Brees fall back in the pocket, and I felt nothing but comfort watching the Saints this year when Drew Brees um, steps back in that pocket. So shout-out to the Rams' defense. Uh, golf looked good, and the, the offense did its thing, but I think the Rams' defense was the key takeaway of this game and their ability to make big plays against big offenses – um, that really puts them over the top, and that makes them a Super Bowl contender if they can keep it up. Yeah, I think the Rams, I was encouraging for me at least to watch them and, and see the offense still continuing to go, even without Robert Woods, who became a focal point of that passing game. Uh, Sammy Watkins, from the deep, deep depths of nowhere, emerged for nine targets this game, so four yards. And Joey's boy, Coop Cup! Coop Cup! Coop Cup, 100 <laughs> yards plus. You know what I'm saying? So they were still moving the ball. Gurley's still getting involved in both both the passing and receiving, passing and rushing game, obviously. And just, I mean, this is a testament to McVay's, I feel like, coaching, getting them up for this big game, coming off a loss, and getting right back after beating a tough Saints team, which is one of the playoff teams that they might see come, you know, January or December. Well, January, I should say. January, February. Right. Um. All right, now we have the Cardinals beating the Jaguars 27-24. It's like the story of the Jag season. Back to early on, you know, they were winning. They don't really make sense. They were alternating wins and losses. They put together a few wins, and now uh, Leonard Fournette, hello. Yeah. Where have you been the last couple weeks? Um, The run game isn't there, and the passing game has never been there. So the Jags looked just ordinary again against a bad Cardinals team this year. Yeah, it's not good. I feel like all you have to do against this team is stack the box and stop the run. Stop Fournette and you're fine because there's no real, like, threats on the outside anymore. I mean, Marquise Lee had to step up and he had to be the guy that was going to catch these passes. And then you have Didi Rustbrook who, who uh, you know, had six catches, 40 yards. TJ Yeldon got worked in, but, you know, ultimately it comes down to Bortles. And you, you stop Fournette, you're going to make Bortles beat you. Chances are it's not going to happen. And it just doesn't make sense that you let the Cardinals beat you because this is a team that fucking Blaine Gabbert. I know this is Nick's favorite bar, who we didn't even mention that Nick's not here, if you haven't noticed yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Nick's not here. And one of his favorite bars is I can't wait to bet the a bet against the Jaguars in the playoffs. I think this is one of the games where you could see why he says that. Uh, because they're a very one-dimensional offense, and if they don't have a lead, they can't win. So, um, bad loss for the Jaguars. Really bad loss. Um, and finally, the last game on the slate is the Steelers beating the Packers in a close one, 31-28. I was surprised how close this game was at first. Yeah. Um, I wa- you know, I needed I needed Antonio Brown to score me 30 Two points in fantasy. He got me 36. Thank you very much, Mr. Antonio. <laughs> very happy about that. Um, that guy's unfucking stoppable Yeah, that's ridiculous. Listen, I watched the game, but the only thing I needed to see to 
for AB to prove his worth was the last play of the game, the last couple plays in the game where he caught that pass along the sideline about the 45-yard line. Dude. The the fucking refs didn't know whether it was a catch or not, and they showed the replay. Insane. Insane. I have no words for it. It's just like inhumane. The Steelers are the real deal. Um, Antonio Brown's the real deal. Big Ben, no one's talking about him, but he absolutely bounced back from that five-interception game where everyone thought his career was over. Um, Including him. Phillip Rivers <laughs> has bounced back, and, and he's calming down those. Uh, that class sucks. Uh, Eli Manning has... <laughs> please stop, please stop. <laughs> but, yeah, those two have, have come, come back. So um, shout-out to them. For the Packers, it's... They put up a really good fight on the road. First you know? solid showing for Brett Hundley. Yeah, really good, really good game for Brett Hundley. I, I was I played the Steelers defense in a lot of my DFS lineups, and I got torched because of that. Yeah, uh, DF. I mean DFS. Uh, Brett Hundley was he did really well, and uh, it's it's good to see that the Packers still have a shot. You saw Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. I was going like, to say that. Get back in. It's tough because like you talk about the NFC South. The Falcons are seven and four in the two eight and three teams. And then uh, the Vikings only got two losses in the division, so they're four out for the division. It's tough for them to come back, but shit, if they get Aaron Rodgers back within the w- next week or two, they could win out. I mean, who's to say they can't? But I don't know if it'll be good enough to get in a playoff spot at that point. True. Uh, if they're which then, not, which then you also ask the question: Is it worth bringing him? Right, back I would early? definitely wouldn't bring him back if that's the case. Yeah. We'll see. But you know, shout out to the Packers for putting up together a you know, uh, valiant performance. Yeah, it was a great primetime game. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is our show for Monday. Monday, Monday. And tonight we got uh, Houston, Baltimore. Yep. That one is for sure going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fantasy implications for me. Does it? Huge. We got Lamar. I'm, no, no, no. I got nobody. Oh. I need this other person to lose, and he's down. He needs a 10 spot from Ravens D. Mm. So, Texans. Tommy Savage. I would put the over under. Savage. You know what's funny? I Savage. Put, I think I'd put the over under fantasy points on the on the Ravens tonight at, at around ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm begging for the under, and then I got to win next week, and I'll be in. I need a loss here, though. All right. Well, uh, boss, where can they find you if they want to contact you? At endavito27 on Twitter and the gram. Tim. At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets if you're feeling real, real frisky. Also, check out the Waiver Wave coming out tomorrow or today if you're listening to this on Tuesday and. Check out Brodo Fantasy, uh, the Brodo Fantasy podcast. We changed our name from the Brodo Fantasy Forum, and it still takes me a second to think about that. Um, we are going over your last week before the playoffs, people. Last week before a lot of playoffs, and 12-team leagues at least. 10-team leagues are um, a week back further, I think. But, yeah, come check us out. We have your start sits. Uh, we killed it again last week. Uh, not to, you know, I like to, I like to give myself credit a lot, I noticed. And then I always say, you know, not to say I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so I'm flexing. Um, and if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, at Joe go follow Nick also. He's not here today, at LambVM10. And that is all. Thanks for listening. Yay, yay. Let's do it again. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 